when you get triggered, it's called the refractory period up until you can bring yourself back into who you really are or like self-regulate yourself back. And if you don't, and the quicker you can bring it back, the higher your emotional intelligence is. I've come to realize that one of the biggest challenges that most teams have is they have no structure. If you have a team and you don't have an idea of what a high performance team should look like, then how could you ever aspire to it? Like it makes no sense. It's like everyone has a different blueprint, but yet you want to be this high performing team. You'll never get there. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Expansive Podcast. This is John Sane, one half of the podcast. I'm an author, a speaker, and a strategist. I'm always joined by my ever-handsome podcast co-host down from the south of, jo of Johannesburg. Oh, my God, I nearly said you're still in Johannesburg. <laughs> down in the south of uh, Cape Town. Uh, Eric, how is it going down there in Somerset West, and how are you doing? Hey, brother man. Um, always good to be with you. Yeah, no, phenomenal. I mean, we're supposed to have winter at this point, but I'm not seeing it at all. It's a bit chilly today, but everyone's been yes. warning me about this like Cape Town winter that's supposed to be so hectic with like mm. rain and wind and whatever. I haven't mm. seen any of that, um, which is a pity because I really like that kind of weather. But yeah, otherwise, all good. Mm. What's been happening for you? Yeah, good. Yeah, also, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm in Cape Town at the moment, and uh, I'm just planning my trip to Italy and Switzerland, which I'm really excited about. But uh, also, it's been warm. I mean, look, it's been sunny and mm. beautiful. The sunset have been beautiful, but it's been icy, icy cold. I mean, there has been that sort of icy wind in the air. But you know, that that's the thing about people when they think about Cape Town, the first thing they go to is, oh, those winters. I'm mm. like, what? Is that the only thing you can focus on mm. when you think about Cape Town? You know about the beauty, the food, the people, the creativity, the I mean, the nature. There's a million things, but people are like, no, 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 no. It's mm. um, it's the winter. So yeah, I mean, I don't even pay that much attention to people to speak about those things. Um, Eric, uh, anything new about uh, teams? I see you've been very busy working around teams and, and doing work around the country. T tell us a little bit about that and, and, and how yeah. they're going. She's did. Um, I've been absolutely loving it. So like, I've been helping teams with a team operating system. So a while ago, mm. um, I, I've come to realize that one of the biggest challenges that most teams have is they have no structure. And we, we, so if you have a team and you don't have an idea of what a high performance team should look like, as in each member on the team has the same idea of what that kind of a team looks like, then how could you ever aspire mm. to it? Like, it makes no sense. It's like everyone has a different blueprint, but yet you want to be this high performing team. Sure. You never get there. Mm. And so mm. I, I designed this little thing I call the team progression system, which is essentially saying, let's get on the same page, like literally on the same page. Um, about things like accountability and feedback, which I think is the 80-20 the of teams. Like Those are the things that you do that give you a disproportionate return in terms of your team development. And then let's mm -hmm. make sure that by the time we leave a session, that we all know what it means to be a high-performing team. And we've created what that looks like. Um, mm. So I've been doing a ton of that, and I'm absolutely loving it. Like It's... Uh, yeah, it's keeping me fired up. I'm iterating on it. It's phenomenal. I can see. Yeah. I can see. Yeah, you found your groove again. Um, mm. I also think that, you know, when we think about marriages and families, they also don't have a blueprint of what the perfect family looks like and what same they're thing. aiming at. You yeah, know? yeah, and yeah. I think that it's the same thing. It's an operating system that we can have for individuals, for couples. You know, mm. I, I was friends with a... I am friends with this guy. He's a COO of a very big company, operations officer. And... He's been with his girlfriend for nine years now. And I said to him, like, what's your secret? You know, he says, we, every, every year we start off with a new uh, contract. 
where we commit to each other what we need to be doing for this year. So, for example, the deal breakers for me is my my boyfriend has to be home four nights a week and having dinner with the family. Mm. And if it's not, that's a deal breaker, you know. So I know what my my girlfriend's expecting of me. And for me, it's a deal breaker if she does X, Y, and Z, right? So, um, but also I expect you to do drop the kids off twice a month or twice a week or whatever the case may be. So I think Mm. those operating systems are just so important to bring some sort of clarity to um, teams and and, and, yeah. and in organizations these days. I mean, it's all about the teams, right? But I think you, you nailed it on the head is that, you know, it actually comes down to the relationships and human beings are complex. Human beings in networks yeah. are even more complex. Yeah. And so if we, if we have some sort of guiding system that says to us, well, this is how we are supposed to operate with each other. This is how we collaborate. Yeah. You'll yeah. get the most out of your team, you know? So yeah. I, I really think it's important that um, I actually want to trademark this because I, I created this like one pager, which I want to trademark, but team operating system has been used. So I'm kind of playing around, you know me, playing around with different names around what I could call it. <laughs> I, I was just waiting for you to finish so I could mock you. <laughs> for the listeners who don't know this about Eric, he's continuously developing new programs, branding it, naming it, booking websites for it, and then three weeks later, he's onto the new one, and he's got a new name. And a new this one is sticking. This one is sticking. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, I, I hear that every week, uh, Eric. Uh, that's right. No worries. You keep going. You keep going. Uh, listen, shifting <laughs> gears. Um, congrats on... Uh, so we've, we've been documenting the journey for the book, and I think the last time we spoke, you were already a, a, an exclusive books bestseller, but I don't think we had the Nielsen's list out yet, right? Yes, 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 yes. yes. Uh, Nielsen's uh, two weeks ago was number six. Yes. Uh, last week was number four. So we're driving for a number congratulations, one. And, congratulations, congratulations. Uh, yeah, thank you. So thank that's you. number thank five in the much. bag. Number five on the bestseller list. Uh, and you know, it's so funny. I often, if people message me, I don't know, I must have said this on the podcast. People message me. Yeah, I did say this on the podcast. They're like, yeah, yeah, just also help us. You know, we also want to get onto the bestseller list. I'm like, yeah, yeah, good luck. Good luck. I suppose watching me, it seems easy, right? It's like, oh, yeah, Johnson, another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of expected. Um, but people don't realize the amount of work, energy, effort, people, plans. Oh, for sure, I yeah. mean, it's just, it's, it's in depth uh, mm. what goes on behind getting it onto the bestseller list. And besides writing a flippant book on its own, <laughs> forget about the launch of it. I mean, it's like, it, this is really hard work. It's not mm. easy. It's not easy. Yeah, very happy. Very happy. Amazing, dude. Well I done. Get, well done. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I did get some, uh, uh, the publisher I wanted to represent me in the UK said no. And it's pretty much the same answer that every publisher gives me internationally is that, well, you're not here. Yeah. So we only want to yeah. represent people that are actually on the ground. So I was a little bit uh, upset. In fact, let me just say I was upset for a whole 20 seconds because what I've learned is when you get triggered, it's called the refractory period up until you can bring yourself back into who you really are or like self-regulate yourself back. And if you don't, and the quicker you can bring it back, the higher your emotional intelligence is. Mm. The longer you stay in the refractory period, you develop a mood and that mood becomes a temperament and that temperament becomes a personality. So people have got these personalities based on trigger points that they didn't heal and didn't take themselves and self-regulate themselves back to who they are. And so this was a wonderful exercise for me because I got the email to say, congratulations, you're number four, but the publisher in the UK said no. Mm. And I was like, yay. Uh, 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 okay, 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 I'm back, I'm back, I'm back, okay, this is just not the route I need to take, this yeah. is another, I'll take another route into, into the international publishing house, so, um, 
But you know, Eric, I, I'm, I'm a bit perplexed and I can't lie. Are we going to be writing books? I mean, I don't understand why we'd need mm. to write a book when GPT-3 is available. Why? I don't, I don't get it. But I saw Ian Thomas, a very well-known South African publisher, uh, author who lives in New York. Uh, he's been quoted by Barack Obama and Oprah and, and a lot of people, a very, very powerful writer. He has brought out his latest book. And in, on it, he says, uh, Ian Thomas, written in conjunction with GPT-3. Wow. And so he's now brought out a book that he's written together with AI. But, and I was like, whoa, yeah. that's a good angle. Um, that's a good angle. That is a good angle. But also, like we said before, GPT-3 is in its infancy. So at this stage, in exactly. conjunction with, it's exactly. still a good idea. Yeah. Three years, yeah. four years down the line. like what? One year. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, it's exponential, the growth. You know what I mean? Written by GPT-3, um, face of John Sane on the cover. What is your contribution? What is your contribution? No, text, my face. Text keyword text entered by John Sane. <laughs> yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. Write me a book about. Yeah. So look, I, I'm I'm a little bit perplexed. I I, I don't know what that's going to look like, and um, it just seems a little bit unclear. But uh, for the moment, I'm celebrating. Uh, my ability to come back to my emotional state of calmness mm. when I got given some bad news. So that was a sort of like a, the refractory period. I'm very, I'm very, very sensitive around this refractory period is how quickly can I snap back to having a state of sort of calmness and creativity mm. rather than being stuck in that sort of drama and that trigger point. Um, on that, I also just want to celebrate something else, which is that, and, and I want to mention this in the podcast for a very specific reason. So um, I'm flying to Joburg and I'm going through this ritual that authors have, which is that you go and check where your book is oh, yes. in the store, right? Yeah. And, and literally, like, I have zero expectation because my book has been on the bestseller list and then it dropped off over time. So I have zero expectation, but I want to go see anyway. And I walk in and I see that uh, Who Do We Become and Dangerous is sitting on the number nine spot at the exclusive books. Joint. <laughs> Joint. Joint number nine. And I'm Joint like, number what? Like, and so yeah. I posted about this and then I started getting emails from people or messages saying, did you do this? And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't do this. Yeah, it's <laughs> Everyone thought I, I grabbed the two books and put them together on the shelf. Um, I didn't do that. So I just wanted to come clean on that. But I was like, and it's weird because I've actually thought about that. I thought when your book was coming out, I thought, how cool would it be if the two mm. books were on the bestseller list at the same time, just mm. maybe in random spots. And then they're on the same bestseller lists at the same spot at the same time. It was, I love that moment. Yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I know. I saw your posts and stuff and it was fantastic. I'm so happy that, uh, we shared that number nine spot, whoever did that, but you did say in one of the posts that you think the guys at the store listen to could the podcast. Be. So they obviously know about us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They could know be. about the podcast and yeah. I mean, what they should well, ideally do is when yeah. the expansive book comes out, is there should be an entire corner of the bookstore just dedicated to the expansive with uh, yes. all your books, yes, yes. my two books, yes. expansive book. Yes. We'll, we'll make sure that happens. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We should. We should drive towards that. But let's talk about what we want to talk about today because I think it's a really interesting topic. We've only got about ten minutes left now, but you know. Uh, Eric and I are always uh, wanting to explore new topics and sometimes we know exactly what we want to talk about on the podcast and other times we don't. We're just like, you know, and just off air, Eric starts telling me about the fact that 
he calculated how much money he'd spent on himself, solo, solo, self, Eric, on his own. And it was a staggering number. I mean, really staggering number. And he has no idea where the money went or how it got spent or what happened. And I just thought it was such a poignant point because even in my own head, I've also been wondering, you know, we do well. I mean, we, we, we live well. Um, we, we earn well. Sometimes we earn uh, exceptionally well. But most of the time we do well. We've got comfortable lives. But the ability to spend the money to who knows where, how quickly is mind-boggling because the ability for us to Uber Eats, to mm. take a lot, to, you know, just pressing buttons on your phone and then going somewhere and then tapping, it's it's taken the idea of taking actual notes out of your wallet, counting the notes and passing them over yeah. <laughs> has gone from that to a credit card, from a credit card to a tap, and soon the tap will become your eye so mm. it's like that process of spending has become so seamless, so seamless. And these bastards out there have done this on purpose. <laughs> the more I'm talking about it, I'm starting to realize we have been duped. We have been duped. And so now I can just tap and move. And like, uh, $2,000, $1,000, $4,000, $2,000. Like, oh, my God, I didn't spend so much money. So, yeah, I thought it's a poignant topic because – uh, petrol and oil is expensive. Electricity is expensive. And we just seem to be increasing in costs all around us. And it's becoming tighter in most sort of places. Now, Eric and I are very lucky because, you know, he's only got him and his wife and his two dogs. I'm alone, literally. So I just don't have anybody mm. that I look after except myself. And still, we're having money that's going places that we don't understand. I can't even think about having kids and I mean, I see a restaurant, I see a couple, like a family at a restaurant, and it's like three kids and their kids, kids, friends, and I'm like, oh my God, that bill is going to be, <laughs> that bill's like a few thousand rand bill. Like, no, 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 no. I didn't want to think about that bill. So yeah, it's a funny yeah. thing when we talk about money. You know, it's always like a private topic, but I think it's nice to open up about it and talk about it because we share these experiences, you know? Mm. Where are you at there, Eric? Yeah, you know, so... um I guess for the past two months, I've been feeling that like I look at my business and I'm like, okay, like things are going well in the business. But then I look at my accounts and I'm like, well, but nothing's happening. <laughs> like, it's like it's like stagnant to like reversing. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> and so, um, so yesterday I just said to to Danica, like I need to like figure out what's happening here. And I went and I downloaded statements across all my accounts, and I sat down and I like went through them line by line item. I'm like. Wow, Mr. D, Uber Eats, Mr. D, Checker 60. <laughs> We're like, <laughs> exactly to your point. And then I, I get to the end of like doing this analysis. I'm like blown away, like mm. blown away by the amount of money I spent in July. And I'm like, this, mm. like, it, it doesn't even make sense. And, and I was thinking, you know, I, I feel like I'm always so self-aware and so conscious about how I show up in the world and the things that I do. And I realized that with my money, I, I'm the furthest thing from it. The furthest yeah. thing from it, like exactly to what you're saying, it's like you, you tap over here, you swipe over there and the money comes off, but it's like, it's just like, it's just numbers on a screen. It doesn't feel tangible to you. And so it's easy to just keep spending and keep spending and keep spending. And then at some point you start realizing that you, like your spending is actually a bit out of control. And that's like, that's, that's the realization I had yesterday is that it's almost like I'm, I'm, in competition to see if I can outspend my income 
It's like, <laughs> what's happening here? Um, what is happening? So, yeah, it was just, I guess I had this big realization of, um, I, I want to be conscious in my life. This is like what we always speak about is how do we become more conscious in our relationships? You were just doing family constellations again, right? Like it's part of being more conscious of your patterns. So like, this is such a big theme for us in being self-aware human beings, but yet it, it comes to something like money and all of a sudden you find yourself um, really perpetuating these subconscious patterns or um, mm. not really paying attention to to the way that you spend your money. And I'm like, it's so weird. Look, I, I, you know, it's, it's so funny because, you know, when I had a money coach, I said to her, what do people with money, like with lots of money, how do they go about doing what they do? You know, do they count? Do they watch their account all the time? Do some people always budget and others don't? And so I was like, what mm. do people with money do? And she said, everybody's different. Mm. There is no right or wrong way. It is your way. And I was speaking to Richard Mulholland. We had breakfast the other day, and, and he was saying to me, he doesn't count turnover. He counts uh, conversions. Mm. So it's like, okay, when there's a sales conversion, I want to know how many leads came and how many did we convert. That's the only thing I want to count. I don't want to count turnover. Yeah. And I thought that was really smart because I also don't like to count turnover because I don't even – like I kind of know how much money we made last month. I mean, I, but I don't really know. I just want to know that am I able to do what I want to do when I want to do it, and am I able to pay the service providers I need to make me better and faster? Can I bring the right trainers in? Can I eat the right food? So I think – I think there's also a lot to be said of becoming conscious of what sort of spender are you comfortable being? Mm. And also, why do you make money? Like, are you making money to save? Are you, then if you are, then every time $10,000 comes into your account, to put $2,000 somewhere, like, and then be comfortable in spending the eight, right? So it's really just about, for me, I, and you said it right at the beginning of this, the teamwork is having a, cohesive, uh, collaborative outcome of how you want to live, right? So your relationship with money and my relationship with money, and, and I think like everybody's relationship with money, firstly, is secretive, which is so weird because, mm. I mean, all of us have money. Mm. And so and so, what is it that you want to do with money? How do you want to go spend it? How do you see yourself as successful? And so if I think about myself is I've got backup money, which I lost a lot of it at crypto, but anyway, I've got other backup money, which is <laughs> you want to speak about half that? the backup money. Should we, should we all the yeah. safe space for you around that. <laughs> so I lost a lot of half my backup money at crypto, but anyway, anyway, I, I, I'm, I'm confident it'll come back. I'm just ignoring it at the moment. So I've got some backup money, and then if I don't have to touch that backup money, then everything I'm making, I'm making because I want to live a life that I want to live. Mm. And 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 to be honest with you, yesterday I. Um, I I was going to take a bath and uh, there was um, Epsom salts on the side of the bath and I poured a little bit in, but I actually wanted all of it in and I poured all of it in and I laughed to myself <laughs> and I because rem- I laughed to myself because that was luxurious for me. Look, mm. that's like, ten- that's $1. It's not a lot, but it's, am I giving myself the ability to describe luxury? One, two, practice on that luxury so that when I go somewhere and I want to have a green juice with extra ginger, because that's what they always do. And that's an extra 20 rand is, am I going to do that? Because that's, that's what I Mm. prioritize. Mm. And so I think it's also important to devise the relationship we have with money to have some cohesive understanding of 
how do I see myself being successful with money and what does it actually look like? Mm. Does that help? Yeah, for sure. Tell me, um, so obviously, like, I mean, I know this about you already, but um, how do you think in terms of, and I know you've answered it, but I want to be a bit more explicit. Um, do you budget? Because I'm, I'm thinking no. about like, from your restaurant days, right? Like I'm sure budgeting is really yeah. important when you're running restaurants. Yes. And so yes. I, I'm trying to understand, like, was there a time where you were like a very strict budgeter and then you became like, I don't want to be a budgeter or has I'll tell you, it always I'll tell you been what that you it don't is want for to? me? Yeah. No, it's because I come from a single mom family and we can never make it to the end of the month. Mm. And every time we budgeted, we couldn't make it. And I remember yeah. sitting at the end of my bed with my mom, her bed, and she would have, I still remember the handwriting. I remember where she used to draw it with a pencil. And we used to get to the end of the month and we're minus 300 rand, 500 rand, 800 rand. And my mom would be in tears. Mm. And I promised myself I'll never be in that situation again. And I don't, when I think of a budget, I feel sick. Mm. But that's my upbringing. That's why I'm saying to you, everybody's got their own way of doing it. So is budgeting right? I don't know. For some people it is. For other people it isn't, right? Mm. And so the idea that you must budget and you must be frugal and you must save, yes, for some people and other people not. Yeah. So that just depends. I think you have to become, you have to become make peace with your relationship with money. This is the way I deal with money. I think you have to become aware of that relationship first because people are just so unaware yes. of it. And then, of course. and then you have to, you have to heal or fix it. Um, and then become at peace with it. Right. Of course. Yeah. Of and, course. But I think awareness is first. Yes, of course. And, um, so I, I have a budget now. So after yesterday's session, um, I sat down and I, I looked at all these tools cause like there are all these amazing personal finance tools available to you. When you go on discovery bank, for example, like when you pull a statement from them, they break it down. I don't know if you've seen this, but they break it down for you into all the different categories of spending. So like they'll show you, you spend X amount of flights, X amount of food, X amount on whatever, um, like hotel stay. Who does this? A discovery. Discovery. Yes. Yeah. In the app. And they do it beautifully. Yes. So well broken down. Yeah. Um, so FNB doesn't do that. At least not that I could find, but there's an app called yeah. 227, which is many, yeah, many years old. Yeah. That does the same yeah. thing. So I wanted to just, to, like, so I've set up a budget with that. Not with the idea of being constrained by my budget, but with the idea that like I can have an understanding of where my money went. So yeah. I set it up last yesterday just so that when I can get to the end of August, so obviously I'll be a lot more conscious of my spending throughout August. I've also, you know what the problem is, especially, I think it comes back to like your uh, shock and horror like realization earlier that like spending money has become so easy that you don't even notice it's going yeah. out of your account. <laughs> Is yeah, that yeah. we accumulate all these small little amounts that's going off from like different tools that you subscribe and, and use. So like yeah. I'm going through my list yesterday. I'm like, I pay for Canva, Zapier, ConvertKit, um, LinkedIn, mm. Facebook ads. Like, and, and I looked at some of them, like I haven't used this tool in like months. It's like costing yeah. me 400 bucks a month. So that, that's like 4,000 yeah. Rand in 10 months that you could have saved. Yeah. But it's just coming off the back and you don't even notice it because it's like, it's a small amount that you don't pay attention to. Yeah. But those small amounts all add up. And so that was part yeah. of the process. Actually, so I was going through it. I was like, Oh, well actually I haven't used this in a while. It, it was like cleaning house. It was like simplifying a lot of what's happening in my life. And so then I yeah. set up the budget with the idea that I can get to the end of the month. I can go through it again and I can just start becoming more aware of where, what is sitting. Yeah. And, and I'm quite actually, I'm actually quite looking forward to it. Sometimes like we play this game when we're driving is like, 
Um, we want to see who can get the lowest in terms of liters per hundred kilometers in the car. <laughs> like when you, mm. you know, we can see that little dial. But you have um, a Porsche. I, I that know. goes against but having a Porsche, no, but bro. It's, it's, sometimes it's fun. I don't know why. <laughs> it's like it's like bragging rights. <laughs> and the Porsche doesn't work. Um, no, it doesn't work. It works in the Tucson. But I want to kind of apply the same gamification mindset this month to yeah. my finances. And I just want to go like, okay, okay. where can I like just be a bit more conscious and i'm like you i like my luxuries i like my spending yeah Yeah. Um, i grew up with a mom who also had a very very strict budget i I remember for example us going to spur and like you're like your your limit there's one cool drink per drink uh, per per lunch yeah not a second just one so choose wisely yeah and yeah since then i've always by the way my budget has served my mom very well over the long run but I've also never been a budget guy. I've always liked to just spend and not think about it. And I want to be able to yeah. afford and not think about it. Yeah. But yeah. I've, yeah. I've realized that pattern perhaps isn't serving me as well as I thought it did. <laughs> well, look, I think also the thing is, let's just try and make a lot more money. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's another part. Let's end off with, let's just make a lot more money. Be excited at ease and in love with money and the energy of money. Look for ways to add value in the best way possible. And, you know, like uh, be be abundant in the way that you share it and you donate it as well. And so that's also important. You know, I also for like sure. I for feel sure. good when I give money to dog pop, uh, um, uh, shelters. Mm. It's really important for me. You know, I love that. It's a big part of who I am and I, and I want to continuously support that. So I also want to make money for that. You know, I think, <laughs> I think often if we put a good cause to it, we make money easier, mm. you know, like even at the family constellation yesterday, there was a woman there that um, had lost her husband and she was really taking a lot of strain and the process became do it for your kids. Mm. And she immediately, there was a different energy around it. Right. Mm. So like do this for other people. It's almost like, okay, okay. You know, I can focus differently. You know, I got more energy yeah. to want to give that. And so yeah, look, I think what we should do is yeah, carry on. No, I was gonna say very often, like when you read these finance bloggers, you know, um, many of them will say like, oh, like, you know, that daily cappuccino that you're having is costing you an arm and a leg. No, man, it's not about Forget that. About like, yeah, it's like it, it gets kind of stupid at some point because you can either spend all your time trying to save costs, or you can spend that same amount of time trying to build something new. Um, yes. And yes. what I'm, but all I'm advocating here for today, and I think what what I'm trying to convey through my lesson is if we are going to be conscious in other aspects of our lives, the way that we train, the food that we eat, the relationships we have, how we act in those relationships, then I just think we need to bring that same level of consciousness to our money because I I do believe that's also respectful towards money. I agree. And the effort that you've put into earning that money, I don't feel like I've been respecting my money. Like I feel like I'm I'm working hard to earn it and I'm being mindless and spending it. And I don't think that is honoring the process at all. Yeah, I, that's very wise words. And thank you so much for sharing that. I agree. And I think more consciousness, more awareness to every aspect of our lives always mm. helps. Mm. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's expansive podcast, a podcast that's focused on making our business lives, personal lives more expansive in every way possible. If you haven't already liked or shared a comment with a five-star rating, please go ahead and do so as soon as you've got it off this podcast. And if you'd like to share this podcast with somebody you think might want to hear it, please do share it with them. Eric and I are always available to do talks uh, individually or as a team. 
to your organization. I have actually, Eric, I don't know if you know this, but I've already started putting a team, uh, a price list together for small businesses. So I've actually started to work on a much smaller budget for small businesses. And uh, I've already got a few small businesses and I just think it's fair because I think it's nice to give back to the small businesses mm. as well. Mm. So if you have a small business, uh, get hold of us as well. We we are trying to add as much value, bring as much optimism and clarity for where we're going as the future evolves at a hyper pace towards us. Catch us on theexpansive.com or Eric or mine social media. And we look forward to having you again next week. Ciao. Goodbye.